Hi, this is Pam and this is Must Love Food. Welcome. Thanks for joining me today. And with me, I have my friend and colleague, Haley Wilson, the queen of the holiday uh, dessert, (laughs) showpiece desserts, I should say. Um, And welcome, Haley. Hello there. (laughs) So this year, Haley took the task of making the gorgeous, centerpiece-worthy dessert, the Bouche de Noël, which is, I'm not sure... Uh, I guess it's, is it uh, Yule log? Is that what it translates to? Yeah. Or like, you know, Christmas tree kind of thing, I think. It's a French, I think it's French in origin. And what it is, it's like a jelly roll style because she didn't use a jelly roll pan, but it's the same thing. It's a cake, usually like a chiffon or a, um, is that right? Chiffon? Yeah, yeah. chiffon or other type of sponge. Sponge cake, that's the word. Thank (laughs) you. And um, and then you kind of bake it uh, where it's thin in a kind of a sheet pan or a jelly roll pan, and then you will roll it up with a filling inside, and then um, kind of hack off ends of it and create what looks like a a log. And you did such a beautiful, lovely job. But in addition to that, since you are the queen of our holiday sort of specialty items, you last year. You undertook the task of making croquembouche, another French tada dessert, which uh, the picture was just stunning. But it's um, if you're not familiar, it's basically a tower of um, cream puffs, and they were filled, and then you drizzle some spun sugar over the top of it. And I mean, it's it's a little bit of a labor of love. The the bouche de Noël looks really impressive and and challenging, but it's really not. The croquembouche, again, I think it, if you break it down into pieces, it's not quite as hard, but there definitely are more pieces and parts to it. Yes. And, um, and probably not as um, eater friendly. <laughs> definitely not. And then one other I want to mention, just because uh, we haven't done a fruitcake per se, but Haley did develop at one time a fruitcake cookie. I happen to love fruitcake. It's something I grew up with, and a lot of people are turn their noses up at it. It's not their thing. We got a, I don't know if my dad just ordered it because he liked it too. Uh, he and I, he and I had similar taste in certain desserts, and uh, fruitcake was one of them. And you mentioned in your copy, you know, move over fruitcake, Bouche de Noël is kind of here or something. But I think fr- fruitcake still has a place on the holiday table. <laughs> I think it does. You know, there are, you know, you either like it or you don't. Right. I don't like it because I don't like candied fruits. Sure. Um, but I think I'm the only one in my family that doesn't like it. My dad always had one from the Collins Street Bakery down yes. in Texas yes. somewhere. That's it. That's yes. it. And it came in a fun tin. And yes. he loved it. Uh, yep. I'm with you, dad. Yeah. My mom baked items that had candied fruits in them and I just have never been a fan, but that doesn't mean that they're bad. Well, you know? that's why I think I really like the cookies that were developed years ago. Uh, don't remember the issue, but because uh, it's just kind of a nod to it. And um, yeah, so if you're if you're not the biggest fan of fruitcake, but you kind of like it or you don't want to order um, and you kind of want some in the house, that's something to kind of consider. Turn it into a cookie. So Um, So these are the specialty holiday treats we wanted to talk to you today about. And so Bush de Noel, so kind of tell me a little bit about how you kind of approached the recipe and what you ended up um, kind of navigating your way through. 
Sure. Well, I believe that Bush de Noël traditionally has a buttercream both on the inside and on the outside, which is cuisine has done a Bush de Noël before. It's been many, many years. And that one, I believe, did have a buttercream inside and out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was delicious, but for me, it was too much and not too a very... Rich. Yeah, uh, too rich, um, which actually is a thing. Uh, and that one also, I believe, was made in a jelly roll pan. I wanted to make it a little bit bigger, so you had more leeway for cutting the ends off and making, you know, sort of the broken pieces of the log or the knots, if you will. More impressive um, looking. Yeah, definitely more impressive looking. So I used, you know, a, a regular sheet pan or, or in the restaurant world, a half sheet pan. Yes. Um and I, I sort of started with one of our old sponge uh, hold on. cake and you recipes. Give the di- and you give the dimensions in the recipe of what half sheet pan is. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. So I started with one of our old sponge cake recipes sort of as a basis and tweaked from there. Um, it's just sort of a basic yellow sponge cake. Something that uh, works. <laughs> yes. Yes. And when thinking about flavor profiles, I really wanted... Uh, I wanted to bring this to the table and make it simple for people. I wanted it to be approachable. And even though it looks really impressive, you can make this at home and you don't need to be worried about it. Um, So to keep it simple, I ended up going with a raspberry, almond, and chocolate sort of flavor profile. That's one of my favorites. Um, And I just mixed a little extract into some jam and spread that out over the cake before rolling it up. So it really is like a jelly roll. And then just a simple chocolate frosting. Um, And it's easy to, at least for me, because I'm a perfectionist, easy to get sort of hung up on like, how long, how big are the chunks that I'm cutting off the cake and where exactly do I put them? But, you know, in the end, it really doesn't matter. I think every time I made this, I was a little bit like, oh, it's going to look stupid. You know, before you get that frosting on, it kind of looks weird. Um, But once you put that frosting on, It hides any number of mistakes. If your cake cracked at all during the rolling process, covers that up so you don't need to worry about it. Um, Oh, so Julia Child, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Do it in your kitchen and nobody knows. (laughs) Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, yeah, I mean, I well, the thing that I was kind of curious about too is I think for me, I think, and maybe for listeners, the probably the most Well, maybe the rolling process scares a little bit of people. Will it hold or not? But then the attaching. So the attaching, you just use a little bit of frosting to sort of mush your end. Like, so basically both ends of the log, you have a log after you roll the whole thing up Uh and then you cut kind of on a bias cut both ends off to make the knots, the knots on a branch or something. So, and one lays down um, on the, on the baking sheet, basically with the main log. And then the other kind of stands up and then you just use a little bit of frosting to sort of glue it. Is that right? Yep, and some, that's right. some long toothpicks. Yes. The toothpick, you need the toothpicks too. The frosting is not going to hold those suckers in place. Um, and I like the long toothpicks because they're long enough to uh-huh. really get in there. They're not going to kind of get lost on you. And kind of from an engineering standpoint, I would think just from the weight and the heftiness when you start to add a filled cake and you add some frosting you're going to want that extra security so like how many toothpicks would you put into each piece 
I did, I used three on each okay. knot piece. So okay. sort of, you know, equ spaced equidistantly around yep. Um, yep. and sort of went in at an angle to make sure it was really getting in there. Okay. Okay. So, and I would just push those in until, you know, it met the side of the cake. So mm -hmm. nothing's poking out of the side. Um, and now I, I know you used a jam and I, I think I'd asked you this and I think I might've seen it somewhere else. Like a Nutella would work in as a center too. Definitely. Um, now, I don't know. What do you think with the almond extract? I mean, I think it still would be okay. Or would you switch to like maybe vanilla then or something like that? I would probably switch to vanilla on that yeah. one. Um, but you could also use a fruit curd. Um, sure. But again, I would change the frosting flavors. You know, you can kind yeah. of do whatever you want. If you like a different flavor of jam, go with that. Right. Um, and vanilla is going to probably oh. be a safe bet as far yep. as flavoring Neutral. frostings or fillings, you know, sure. to go along with. Yeah. Oh, ch well, cherry would be kind of fun with like chocolate too. Then you've got, oh, yeah. got a little bit of black forest kind of going there. And uh, almond would work really well with that too, yep. because cherries I are love a stone almond. fruit. Uh, so any stone fruit, your almond extract is going to go well with. I don't think, I mean, I think we talked about this, but as much as I kind of want the idea to work, I um, using like, um, almond paste, it's probably too thick, right? Would it be too well, thick? So or there's almond, there's almond paste, you know, that you buy from the store. And then the there's two. the almond paste that is inside of like a Dutch letter, uh -huh. um, which has been doctored up with things. So it's purchased almond paste that has eggs and maybe some additional sugar in it. And that loosens it up. And you could potentially do that, though I feel like that would be, I, you know, I'm, I don't want to say. You have to, right. Yes. You'd have to definitely test a few things out on that. Sure. But yeah. I think it, it could work. And I, you know, I love. <laughs> I know. Piece. You and I were like, uh-huh. I would be there. all over that. <laughs> yes. You and I were like, do we need to up the almond paste? <laughs> Pam and I are nodding our heads. Everyone else is like, no, it's totally fine. Don't need more. I'm like, let's yes. go. <laughs> <laughs> when, it, when in doubt and the question is more almond extract, answer is yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, it's uh, one of those that can overpower easily, but in this cake, because of the strong flavors of the jam and the chocolate, you really could afford to put a full tablespoon in there. Yes, absolutely. It's very subtle, but it, and it works very nicely with the raspberry, I think. Um, and, and with the chocolate, obviously it was, it's, it's so impressive looking yet really. And, and I know some people probably will be a little bit of intimidated, but um, in worst case scenario, you could just serve a basic log if you wanted to do that, if you didn't want to cut it and attach it. But you could do the whole process, do your little, um, do the frost the whole thing and then do the fork um, to make it look like a log and um, and then doctor it up with a little bit of um, rosemary to, to give it even that, uh, gussy gussiness of uh, kind of a tree. So yes, if you get really scared and you don't think you can do the cuts and the knots and all of that, you still can have a beautiful, impressive, tasty cake that really is as simple as baking a cake, adding a, you know, rolling it up. It's like, you know, making a burrito. Y you can do it. It is. And you know, one of the things that might trip people up is rolling the cake while it's yeah. warm. Right. Um, but you, you, the reason that we're rolling the cake when it's warm is because the shape is more malleable at that point and your cake is going to be less likely to crack. Um, mm -hmm. 
And also don't overbake your cake. Your cake will probably crack um, if you overbake it. But mm -hmm. you, so before you turn the baked cake out of the pan, you lay down a sheet of parchment, sprinkle powdered sugar, and then turn the cake out onto that. And the powdered sugar helps absorb extra moisture and prevents it from sticking to the parchment. Exactly. And then kind you of like roll. Kind like pasta or something or yes. pizza dough, anything, yeah. Exactly. And then you sprinkle more powdered sugar over the top of the cake and roll it up. And you're rolling that parchment up inside the cake with it. It sounds weird, but you're going to unroll it and discard that parchment eventually anyway. But that's just to sort of set it. So it hides that sort of curved rolled shape already so that then you, once it's cool enough, you then sprinkle or sprinkle, spread on the, the filling and then you roll it up again for real and then kind of secure it and chill it then. Is that correct? Yep, exactly. Okay. After I roll it up with the jam, I wrap it in plastic wrap sort of tightly uh, twist the ends off and chill it and it, it'll help set that shape a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. and the plastic wrap holds everything in place. And I always kind of would sort of prop it up inside the refrigerator with like some sticks of butter or random things in my fridge. Um, so that that seam where the edge of the cake is sort of smooths out a little and. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So there's a little tip for yeah. you. Um, so I hope people try this because it really is, it's uh, impressive looking and it's really good and it really is not um, too um, too challenging. And um, there are some some outs for you if you don't want to get into the cutting and the knotting and all of that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. uh, I'd say try to give it a go. And uh, if you've got some long toothpicks and just a little bit of patience because you got to let it chill and all that kind of stuff. So and then uh, let's throw it back to last year, the croquembouche. So the pastry shells that you made. So you're just doing um, patache, right? Yeah. Yes. Which yep. is and this is the, the dough you would use to make eclairs or churros, cream puffs, uh, any Gougere. of those. Yes, gougere. Um, and it's a very simple dough to make, though it is a different procedure than uh, if you've never made it. It's a different procedure. It's not difficult, but you've probably never seen anything cooked this way. It's a very, it's a, it's sort of like a dough that's cooked that then you cook again. Um, right. And there, there's eggs in it that get beaten in. And then when the pate bakes, that steam for the water that's in the egg, you steams and puffs it up and it creates a hollow shell that you then put pastry cream into. And so once you, so you make your, um, you're making your dough and you've got a saucepan and stuff like that and you're cooking it until it sort of gets, um, kind of starts to stick to the pan. Yep. Um, Cause you want to dry out the liquid as much as possible. And then you start adding the eggs Correct. one at a time, right? Yeah. And you get it to a certain consistency and you look for, cause you don't add all the eggs at one time. Cause you kind of just want to get that sweet spot of the right amount of liquid eggs and all of that in there. And so you keep lifting, you add in, you beat it in, and then you lift up and you try to get this sort of V shape as the dough hangs down from the, um, the spoon, you want to, it gets a V shape that you're looking for. And, and the recipe, it walks you through it. It's a very classic, um, technique, um, pot of shoe, as Haley said, it's, it's used for a lot of things. And then you transfer that to a piping bag, right? Yes. And then yep. you pipe the dough into like little on a baking sheet. Do you, did you do circles? Did you do I uh -huh. did. Uh, and you don't have to do this, but again, I'm, you know, meticulous and perfectionisty. 
Um, so I got out a round form of some sort and traced around it so that I could pipe all of my pot of shoe the same exact size. Uh-huh. And so then you bake it and you want to basically hollow them out. Yep. You want them to be dry. Right. Mm -hmm. And so once you've baked them and hol and they're hollowed out and stuff, then you did a filling and um, it was, I'm trying to remember what your filling was. Was it an eggnog pastry cream? That's what I was thinking. I think it was okay. an eggnog. That's another okay. flavor you and I both like a lot. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's elusive flavor too. It's, it's some, somewhat, uh, it's funny because I feel like um, Coconut is something when you cook with it is an is a bit of an elusive flavor that you're yes. always chasing a little bit. Certain flavors, once you start cooking with them, they're not always so pronounced. But um, mm -hmm. but yes, that was a little bit elusive, but it, delicious. And so so then you make the filling, then you fill all of the. So it's just a little bit more work um, to do this. And you did a very impressive, really big croquembouche. Uh, I did. Somebody, somebody could, and you used a, um, you used a styrofoam base as your, um, form, uh, form, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I just found that at my craft store, right? Yeah. yeah. Any craft store. I found it sort of in the floral department. Uh -huh. Um, and I covered it, I believe with parchment so that, you know, sure. your food isn't directly touching the styrofoam, but yeah. And then how did I put those on there? Oh, it was the sponge sugar. That's what I thought the sponge sugar to use as the, like this year you're using the frosting as a glue to hold the knots on. You use the sponge sugar to hold the um, cream puffs onto the form and then you drizzle sponge sugar over the top of it. Correct. And yeah. it, it really looks beautiful. And one thing that I sort of had forgotten about until now is that we did one extra step with the pot of shoe. We did pot of shoe au crackalene, I think is how you oh, say it. Right. And this is something I saw on the Great British Baking Show. And it's sort of like a sugar cookie dough minus eggs, leavener. It's like butter, flour, sugar. Um, and then I put green food color in some of it and edible glitter in another part of it. And you roll it out and cut it into discs and freeze those. And right before you bake your pot of shoe, you put a disc on top of each one. And they're real and then, little, right? They're not yes, very big, right? Yeah, they're okay. tiny. And then as you as they bake, the crackalan uh, sort of melts and makes a crackly, crunchy topping on it. Um, and, and so that was a way. It shimmers it, right? Gives exactly. It a that was my way to sort of add color to the tree. And it's not something that you would have to do, but it was fun and made it, you know, just that much more extra for the holidays. Yeah, it was, it's uh, very impressive. And what I, where I was going with the form thing, you could, if somebody didn't want to make as many or as big of a um, tree as you did, they probably could just get a smaller form and- Oh, sure. I, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, now I will say that for the size of form that I bought, the size of Patashu um, worked really well yeah. with that. If you yeah. get a smaller form, I would make your pot of shoe smaller so that they're, um, oh, sure. Don't make as big the size of the, the cheese, uh, the, um, the balls. The cream. Yes. The, yeah. The cream. Yeah. Puffs. The cream puffs. Right. Um, there's a word I'm looking for that it's, it's escaping me right now. Um, more proportion, proportional, I guess, to the shape sure. of the, of the form. So, well, and yeah. also top heavy too. You don't want it to kind of topple over and stuff like that. 
Exactly. Um, it does get heavy with the, all the cream right. puffs on there. So, um, but it it really is a presentation piece, and people really are wowed by it. Yes. So I think those two for um, impressive kind of um, holiday centerpiece dessert pieces, those are two amazing and, you know, traditional, but really stunning looking and tasting desserts that you have mastered. And I think you um, have done a lovely job of sharing that with our readers. And like I said, I wanted to give a little nod to fruitcake because <laughs> it's so traditional and I love it. Um, and while we have not done a traditional fruitcake and it is not, it's not a presentation piece, but if you are a lover of that traditional dessert, cookies are something to consider. <laughs> Definitely. But you know, Pam, let's not forget, I believe this was for the December issue, but I could be wrong. You made that chocolate cake with the apricot. Oh, oh yeah. Um, the soccer tort. I yes. forgot about that. Yes. And that is a very traditional cake as well. It is. You know where I got that idea from, actually? Well, twofold. Lydia, who, Lydia Bastianich, who I'd worked with, she, well, she's from an area in um, Italy, Istria, I believe. And it's, um, it had been part of the, um, the communist bloc for a while. It kind of bounced back and forth and all this kind of stuff. And it's not that far from Austria. And so they have influences from that. And so she had talked about it on a show. So I had seen that. And then someone here in Des Moines, um, Kathy Eckhaus, she and her husband are owners of La Quercia, the prosciutto and, and um, cured meat product. I mean, they're phenomenal products. She makes a soccer tour and they were talking about it. And I, um, I knew it was a pretty, very pretty looking. And so, yes, I did do that. And I, it was, and you helped me with that because I'm more of a rustic baker uh, mm -hmm. I am not the precise precision uh, baker like Haley is. And so I was trying to get the the glaze to look as good as possible. And you helped me with that. And um, it was a it was an easy recipe. You know, when, once you break anything down, um, because it's just a ganache you're pouring over it and you're making exactly. a, you're making a cake and then doing a filling. And then I think we did our own candied um, apricots. Yes. Yes. Those were delicious <laughs> and not to be missed. Yes. One other thing I just thought of, uh, it's a flavor that I really love is gingerbread. And years ago, um, and I believe it's on our website, did that ginger. It's not as stunning at all, but the gingerbread um, wound cake. Uh, and our old photographer, Doug, that was one of his favorites. I know make he, I made that for him more than once. Um, he's no longer with us, but he was a wonderful guy and um we all love to make things for him uh yes and it has ginger kind of three ways i think there was fresh ginger candied ginger and then i believe i did like a ginger syrup because i think i baked the cake with fresh ginger and candied ginger in it and then uh doused the cake in a ginger um simple syrup, syrup. Yes, and then decorated it with some, I think there was a whipped cream of some sort, and then added some extra candied ginger on the top. And I, I can't and remember. And you probably used ground ginger also, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, thank you. Yes, mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, if you love gingerbread, this is um, a really good one. And did that one have beer in it? You maybe used like a vanilla stout or something? That sounds very, very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a while, folks. Okay. It has been a while. I know. I'm I'm trying to look that up if I can find that. But um, yeah, those are some real classic holiday desserts that are worth 
looking at and and considering gingerbread bundt cake uh just found it here let's see there's granulated sugar minced fresh ginger uh, light brown sugar, vanilla porter, or milk stout. Thank okay. you. Yes. Uh, vegetable. It's an oil-based cake, so it's very moist. Uh, molasses, sour cream, eggs, flour, baking powder, ground ginger, cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, salt, baking soda, cloves, cardamom, and then the topping is heavy cream, granulated sugar, vanilla extract, and then topping with crystallized ginger. Yes, I did not make my own, I don't believe, I made my own syrup, but I didn't make my own candy ginger, but I have made candy ginger. Um, and you just basically use the, the ginger. You could do coins or you could do pieces that when you're making your sugar syrup, once uh, take that ginger out when it gets soft and then toss it in basically some sugar, I believe. Yeah. And yeah. you've got candy ginger. Yeah. I mean, we've done candied um, orange peel before, mm -hmm. but yes, most people are so impressed by that and it's the easiest thing to do <laughs> right i know mm -hmm. yeah yeah um wow i think i want dessert for breakfast <laughs> i know this was a fun little uh yeah. trip down memory lane of desserts yes i hope we've given you some ideas for your um holiday banquets and uh whatever you decide to put on your um buffet table maybe consider one of these recipes thanks for joining me today haley and thanks for listening Thank folks uh, check out cuisineathome.com for any inspiration that you're looking for and uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for uh, listening and see you next time. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel-good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom Cuisine at Home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at CuisineAtHome.com.